Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? There's a couple of people we want to thank for supporting us this month on Patreon.com. Thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate it. Yes, right. indeed. Let's thank Daniel Fuentes. Luca Sink. John George. Dan Snow. Jason Kelly. Jonathan Coppinger. Aaron Dorian. Perry Telefero. Andrew Richardson. Joshua W. Broxon. Kevin Kleinrock. Eduardo Martinez. Kendall Wilson. Jeffrey Risher. Benjamin Brown. Joseph Kelly. The Twelve Banch. Brett Macris, Adam Marks, Mitchell McDonald, Demand Ryan, Adam, Jonathan Jong, Catherine Adinson, Terrible Jason, Gabriello Romeo, <laughs> Romeo. <laughs> Romeo. <laughs> Michael Sturgis. W. Blaine. Aaron C. Hollis. Hugo Sanchez. Zika's Viral Comics. Enrique Del Castillo. Primetime Paul G. Ashton Gebhard. Mike Duranio. Dargenio. Dargenio. Rahadjan <laughs> Sastrowardio. Jessica Ashcraft. Weens 234. Kaylin Swift. Dennis Scott. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. Megan Thigpen. Matt Fennell. Mark Kiefer. Lee Brown. Omnia Soul Art. Thank you guys so much and enjoy the live show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming out to Comic Book Club Live. Please give it up for your hosts, Alex, Justin, and Pete. I'm Justin. I am Pete. Boop and Brian! 2019! 2019. Yeah. Uh-huh. Treading the boards. As hosts? Oh, nice, yeah. Uh, nothing that's comic book themed. I'm just trying to cut down on Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. I have a Mountain Dew problem. He's been doing it country cool for a little too long. Uh, Great. Wow. We've learned a lot about your addictions in the last year uh, between the cookies and now we find out about this hidden Mountain Dew uh, problem. (laughs) So Uh, what are you doing? Are you cutting down from Mountain Dew to Mountain Dew Code Red or what's going on? Yeah, that's Uh, definitely the direction you're supposed to go. (laughs) Anytime you're moving toward a Code Red, you're definitely No, I mean, that's the thing. The Code Red has more calories. So I've already thought of that and it's not... Wait, does it really? Yeah. Is it the red? Does the red add the calories? (laughs) Also, the fact that you're like, I better do some Mountain Dew research puts you in a very high echelon of uh, human. Uh, Is the code red, is that actually a hospital term? Is it like, hey, this is a code red, you guys. Too much Mountain Dew. uh, How about you, assholes? What are your news? Uh, I'm also cutting down on Mountain Dew. I'm trying to to drink more Mountain Dew. This would be great. Don't do it, man. Trust me. No, I'm trying to get into it. No, trust me. It's not a good idea. Honestly, Mountain Dew, I think I'm allergic to. I think I'm allergic to the color of it. The like for real, I had it once when I was uh, doing a job in Colorado, yeah. and I was sick for three days. I got to tell you, if you're allergic to the color, you should try Code Red. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling they just took the green and added red. I don't what? think they were like, no, let's come on. clean this out. This is Mountain Dew we're talking about. They're, Guys, it's they're not actually that green. The bottle is that green. Like the, the actual color of it is different. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks, man. Check out Dr. Pepper over here. <laughs> wow. Guys, very excited about the show yes. that we have for you. Very excited about the guest. He's yes. one of our favorite guys He's to have here. It. He is recently finished a run on Daredevil, recently finished a run on Darth Vader. He is currently returning Wolverine. Ladies and gentlemen, Charles Soul. <laughs> yeah, he Charles is returning Wolverine after Please take a seat. Come on out. Thanks Very for joining us, back sir. Here. Hey. Yeah. So much to talk about. So Absolutely. many things. Busy days. Busy days. Busy days. Uh, well, this is one that we were talking about a little bit backstage, and I wanted to touch on this first. Uh, we're big fans of your creator-owned work, Curse Words. Oh, yes. Hey. Yeah, Great, comic. Great comic. Great uh, comic. We just found out it's ending. Yes. Well, it was always going to end, right? It's it's a story. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Things are finite? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Name Everything one comic ends. book that's ever ended. Right, right. So, so basically, we um, we we always knew there was a story to be told. We knew where it was going to go, beginning, middle, end, and then and then in the fourth arc when we were writing, it, we we're like, we kind of, you know, we're burning through the story, and and we don't want to stretch it out and like take advantage of the comic fans and their and their meager dollars. Thank right? you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Nice Let me just you. say extremely meager. Right. They're <laughs> meager dollars. And so we decided to um, to wrap it up where it felt natural to go. And that will be issue 25. So we're, I think issue 19 comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 20, obviously. And then there's the trade and then a spring special, the last of our like, you know, seasonal specials and then five more issues. And then the story is complete. So it's going to be 28 issues of material when all said and done, which is a pretty big run. We're happy yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, and then Ryan Brown and I are going to go on and do the next thing uh, that we're going to do, which is a little shorter. Um, but we are both extremely excited about it. It has a, a, a very good one sentence high concept that I can't tell you. Okay, but, nice. um, but it's man, a creator own. Yeah, told, it's a creator own. It's going to be an image, uh, which has been awesome for us uh, so far. And and like it's comic creators have this thing. And it's I, if you talk to any of us, we'll always say the same thing. It's like you know, it doesn't matter what the project you have is, how good the project you're working on. The next one always just sounds like so much better and so much more incredible. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're already having a lot of phone calls and talking about what that next thing's going to be. But we will. We will see curse words out, right? For sure. As we, speaking of um, uh, the future things, I yeah. oh, you, you tweeted, or maybe Scott Snyder tweeted a picture of we you both two. Did. <laughs> we um, both did with like very sort of like, oh, what are we up to? Looks on right. Your yeah, yeah. We're what a little are rascals. you up to? Uh, Scott and I have been working. So Scott Snyder and I, Scott, he he's written some comics. I don't know. I don't know if you know that guy. Um, but yeah. he and I are very, very close friends. We've been close friends for years. Uh, uh-huh. I actually started my big two work with Swamp Thing, which I took over from him. So yes. we had a we had a, like a, a phone call, and he was very cool about the handoff. And since then, we kind of we have a lot in common and whatever. So we're tight, and we've been talking for a long time about doing a book together. And our schedules are very crazy, and it's been it's yeah. been hard to coordinate and to really have the stars align, but. Uh, we decided that with the advent of the new year that we really should should light it up. So like a resolution. Uh, yeah, it was a resolution. Our resolution was to I have heard Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, that's Pete's nonsense. Uh, also, not working. He was chugging Mountain Dew backstage. Uh, our resolution was to have you on the show every week in 2019. And we haven't broken it yet. It's haven't broken broken it yet. so far. Yeah. Uh, well, you didn't have me on the first. Uh, we, we didn't do have a show. A show. Yeah, no show. So yeah, we couldn't give us a break. No (laughs) show. It's hard. (laughs) All right, we're back from New Year's. I'll be back. Um, So anyway, yeah. So we are we're doing a a creator own book together, which is super cool. We have the artist who is amazing, uh, who we're really really excited to be working with. Um, We actually have a, a big. Team conference call scheduled for tomorrow more, uh, tomorrow morning at eleven a.m. We're going to talk about Ooh. the next steps. That's so, a tease. Yeah, it should be. I mean, just come over to my house if you want to listen. Yeah. Oh, great! Are you adapting your time on the Comic Con cruise ship? Because uh, <laughs> we be were a, we were there too. That's yes, just I remember. Sure. Yeah, that, yeah, would be, that would be an yeah. excellent comic. Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> we're doing something else. Uh, now, when you say team, smart. are you talking about is it just you and Scott, or do you have additional people on board at this the, point? The art, it's Scott, me, and the artist, who is a quadruple A-list artists who we can't believe we're working with. Oh. Picasso. <laughs> yes, it is, it is actually Picasso. Pablo Picasso, Pablo Picasso. is drawing. It's going to look super weird. Very impossible <laughs> to understand what's happening. Well, but that's why we you think need two writers. <laughs> yes, to parse it. Lots of captions. <laughs> yeah. Lots of captions. And uh, But we think there'll be some interest in, in it. Uh, Pablo yeah. Picasso. Uh, I do want to get back to <laughs> curse words for a second because yeah. I was curious about the change of plans. So when you approach something like that, you had the 30 issues planned out. Granted, you're doing 28, so that's pretty close. But how much do you have to 
augment your outline at that point? How much do you have to sift or cut down, or did it just kind of worked out naturally that it was ending up at twenty eight? Well, thirty thirty was like a was like a publishing plan idea, Got right? It. So like that gives us six trades basically. And so as we were doing it, we're like, well, if if we did six trades, that would mean that one of these trades would be. Like, we would basically have two trades worth of material in one, or other way, other way, one trade's worth of material in two. So we'd stretch five issues with the story into ten, and it, it just didn't, like, we could feel it happening in the third and fourth arcs. Like, we were, we, were, we were waiting to drop some of the bombs and the story stuff that we really wanted to tell, and we were like, why are we doing this? Like, it's silly, just because we arbitrarily said at the beginning we do 30 issues, it's dumb. So, so we're doing 28, which is pretty damn close, and, I, and it, will, it will just... It will all feel more natural, and, and when you read it in trade eventually, or if you're reading in singles now, it's, it's the right experience, and I think that's the decision that you should make as a, as a creator. Because, I mean, any, like, even one issue of a comic is a huge pain in the ass to make, and if we can make two less, it's, it's kind of a good thing. <laughs> oh, so it was to save you a bunch of effort, basically. Well, yeah, yeah, we're very lazy. We don't, <laughs> don't want to work, so cut a couple issues. Excellent. Great. Let's move on to some of your Marvel work because you had sure. some big things that you just finished here. Uh, first one, Daredevil. You yeah, Daredevil. A big run on Daredevil. Amazing What run. was it? Amazing run except as... Uh, we all loved it. All yeah. loved it completely unequivocally no all the way through the No one would ever say end, anything right? bad about mm-hmm. it at all. <laughs> so, so to give you some context for this, um, have, I don't know if you guys have read my Daredevil run. It's excellent. Uh, you, it's you, should. Uh, you should. You <laughs> should. But, uh, but it ends with an arc called The Death of Daredevil uh, that is about the death of Daredevil. And, and each, it's four issues. It's, it's with Phil Noto, who's one of the best artists around. So he's, good. he's a good friend. So he's so beautiful. great. Um, and so each issue was, was titled a different type of, like an obscure type of fear. So, you know, the first one was Thanatophobia, which is the fear of death. And, and then it just went on from there. Um, and so it ended... I guess it's been out for a little while. I can spoil yeah, it, yeah. suppose, right? So, so what happens in the first part is, is Daredevil is, is basically, he, he saves a little a 12-year-old kid who's on his phone um, from being hit by a truck, just like he did when he was little when he saved the old man and got the radioactive gunk in his eyes and became Daredevil. So that happens to him again. He gets hit by a truck again, and he goes to the hospital, and he... In the first part of the story, he he gets up off the hospital, and like he he heals up because he's Daredevil, and and he decides that this could happen to him at any day. He could die any day, so he needs to try and wrap up all his loose ends as quickly as he can. So you get this story where he's doing that. He's having fights with some of his big, biggest villains. He's dealing with the Kingpin being mayor. It's all this stuff. And then the last issue, almost at the last page, there's probably six pages left, and he he wakes up essentially. He realizes he's been on the hospital bed the whole time. So none of those things actually happened, and and. And if that was the end of the story, I could agree with Pete's criticism that it was a huge fake out and who cares, whatever. Um, wow. Because when that issue came out, so these guys do a, do a, do a, a thing called the Stack every week where they review right. the books that are out. And, and as part of the Stack that week, they reviewed Daredevil's finale. And these guys dug it. You that bet. guy, Pete, not he, he had his, he's like, <laughs> it was a whole, it was a big fake out. And I, and I, boy, have the chickens come home to roost. Haven't they? Haven't they, Pete? Literally why I wanted to do this show. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, and the, you know, I like never listen to review stuff because I don't really have time and like, you know, whatever, sure, sure. just opinions. But then, but I like you guys and I like the way you talk about comics. I'm like, oh, that's fun. Let's see what they said about the book. And then Pete. And then Pete <laughs> comes down. So, so, so what, what the opinion was, which is valid. Every opinion's valid. Was was wow. that you know it's uh, it was the whole thing was just a fake out. I wanted to see that stuff happen for real. That's my impression. That's it. Pretty good. That's good. It's actually pretty good. I wanted good to see beat. that stuff happen for real. And yeah. and my response to that, which I'm going to say your face now, okay. is that if if the issue had ended on that note with him waking up, I would say yeah. But the issue, the, the point of the arc is not him waking up in the hospital bed. It's what happens in the six pages after that, which is that he knows what's happened and he and he to him and he and he knows that he didn't achieve any of these incredible things that he thought he was going to achieve and he and he gives up and so. And, and you get this vision of Karen Page like reaching out her hand to him from the afterlife, saying, "Matt, you did everything you could. It's okay. You can you can like lie down now." And then you turn the page, and it's two completely black pages, like a like a black nothingness, mm-hmm. no art at all. You turn the page, two more black pages. Oh my God, Daredevil's okay. actually is, is dead. this book over? And then <laughs> you turn the page, and you get one beep from a heart monitor. All the rest is black, and then you get some nice lines from Daredevil saying Daredevil things. And the idea is that he he did die. He died on the table, but because he's Daredevil he decided that he's going to keep fighting the fight. So, so even though he got the biggest possible gut punch anybody could get, like I would say that's arguably worse than Karen Page dying or anything like that, like he, he, he got back up. He got up off the table and he, he came back and he's going to keep fighting. So that was the point of the arc, um, and that's what I was trying to do. Obviously, you know, it doesn't have to work for everybody, but that was, that was the point. It wasn't the fake out 
wasn't the thing. It was Daredevil's reaction to the fake out. Well, and Daredevil never really gets what he wants is sort of the thing. So that you to give it to him and then take it away is sort of the ultimate uh, your life Screw sucks. Screw you to Daredevil. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. It, I felt like it was a very Daredevil-y moment to have yeah. that happen. Uh, well... Do you yes, want to apologize? Would you like please, to? Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to apologize now? Is that well? You don't have I mean, to, man. I, I just wanted to explain what I was trying to do. No. Yeah. Well, why don't you explain makes, your side, Pete? Yeah. I mean, I didn't. Uh, unfortunately, that the way you described it is beautiful. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I was I missed that because I was too angry about the fact that I was robbed of all these. Like, I was really there impressed. Sweet moments. Yeah. Yeah. I was really impressed with those moments, and I kind of fell in love with them. So then, when they were ripped away, I was like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, and, dude. Uh, how do you think Daredevil felt? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the way you felt is how Daredevil felt. Yeah. Oh my, that's, yeah. uh, he puts you in Daredevil's shoes. Wow. That's, uh-huh. You're basically a Daredevil. Right? <laughs> yeah. It was pretty amazing. Just, all you need to do is go blind and, then, <laughs> and, and get a law degree. Honestly, have, if you keep drinking Mountain Dew, you will go blind. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working uh, on it. So obviously, at the end, Daredevil does get back up. He does keep fighting. But uh-huh. we do have this current uh, mini series going on until the next one starts where Daredevil, spoiler, in this video, series is still unconscious, still dreaming things uh-huh. that are going on. Um, there's a tradition to yeah. end your Daredevil run and basically be like, hey, next writer, fuck you! You're in a hole! Exactly. So exactly. at what point did you realize, <laughs> okay, I'm getting to the end of my run, and did your <laughs> did the thought really go for your head of like, not, not really kind of like I fucked the writer, but how much can I end this run so that there's almost no way of coming back on the next run? I mean, it, that was always the, like, when I, so Chip Zdarsky is taking over Daredevil for me. His run starts in February. He's awesome. It's going to be really good. Uh, and Marco Coquetto is drawing it, who's also great. And so the, um, you know, I know Chip well. We're good friends. And so the idea was to, like, I wanted to, to do that because Bendis did it for Brubaker and Mark Wade did it for me and, like, whatever. And so, um, and it's funny, the way that Mark Wade did it for me was by making Matt Murdock completely happy and give him, like, everything he'd always wanted in his life. Like, great girlfriend, cool house. He, like, he doesn't have to worry about a secret identity anymore. All these things. Like, so there's no, like, what now? So but I, I think that is the, truly the worst place for Daredevil to be because yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's bad just, for everything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so I fixed all that. And then I wanted to, to give... Um, <laughs> I took I wanted, away that home. No I wanted San Francisco. What? Wasn't he in San Francisco? He was. He was. I had to bring him back to New York. But the, uh, so for Chip, I wanted to, my my initial thought was, what could I, what would be the biggest thing to do? And I was like, well, I'll kill him. Um, And everyone, and Chip was like, oh, ha, ha. And I'm like, huh, huh. And then, and then I came up with this plan, which, which obviously Daredevil is still kind of alive, but he's, he, he's been through this enormous emotional punch that makes him not kind of want to do it anymore. And he's not at the top of his game. And he, um, you know, I can't. I'm not going to talk about what happens in Chips Run, but it's very cool. And uh, you know, it's just like every Daredevil writer that you know he, he's he's rising to the challenge, which is part of why. It, like Daredevil has has writers who are very capable of handling this stuff. I think, and I, I guess I did it, so I can include myself on the list. But like, it's great to feel like you're part of that club and and to to take on the the role. Well, let's talk about uh, maybe even a more monumental challenge, which was to take on Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, which you just ended the run on that. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that last issue was tremendous. We talked about Did that. Did you all on... like that last issue? Uh, it's uh, interesting. No, actually, one <laughs> no, person did like it. I liked it. it. Justin liked it. Yeah, I really loved it. And then what did you be? I forget what you said. What did you say? Well, you can't remember just say, either. Don't, don't look to the left. Just say what you thought about <laughs> I, it. I can't. Just say, look into the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> The dark side, I guess. Is yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> really raking you over. Yeah, the, I, the, the thing is, is I was really impressed. By with the way, I, I just want to mention we said our New Year's resolution was to bring you on every week. We actually have a different comic book writer coming out every week than <laughs> Pete is trashed, and he's going to have to. There are so many people. Oh my God. <laughs> For the record, I. I love what you did with Darth Vader. It's <laughs> right just on, that man. last issue. Uh, <laughs> it was garbage. <laughs> I just, I, you know, sometimes people make choices with things, and you're, you know, <laughs> you follow them. Uh, I, I can't. What sucks is. I loved what you did with Daredevil. I thought it was amazing. It's just Don't go back there was one part where I was just felt a little disconnected, and the same thing happened with uh, Darth Vader. And I, that doesn't take away. Well, so let's talk about the issue. I think okay. the reason that okay. Pete, what Justin and I responded to that threw Pete for a loop a little bit for those of you who didn't read the issue is it takes 
Darth Vader, and you can certainly describe it better, yep. I'm sure, but it almost takes him into the dreamscape. It takes him through uh-huh. his entire history. Right. What was the idea going into that issue? Sure. So, so the, the point of the entire Darth Vader run that I did, uh, it's set right after episode three. So it's, it's right after Darth Vader gets into a suit of armor. He has that big no moment, uh, which we everyone loved. loves. Everyone, loved. everyone loves him. Um, and, then, and then he moves forward from there. So it's about him, him gathering the iconic tools of, his, of Darth Vader-ness, right? He learns how to use the suit of armor effectively. He gets his first red lightsaber. He, he builds his, his kick-ass castle on Mustafar in the last arc. And so... Um, he becomes an effective sort of imperial worker. All of these things are part of what I was trying to do. But what I also, the subtext of all of it was that Darth Vader was leaving behind Anakin Skywalker in a really definitive way. Because in the, in Revenge of the Sith, like he was, he was, you know, he was Anakin, Hayden Christensen all through the movie. And then he was only Darth Vader, like at the very, very end. So, you know, even though he was burned up and so on, he still thought of himself as, as, Hayden Christensen, dream, dreamboat Hayden Christensen, right? <laughs> um, and, so, and so the series was about him, like the first word of the series was no, and the last word of the series is yes. And the idea was he was going from no to yes. He was rejecting the idea that this had happened to him. By the end of the series, he needs to accept it and know that his path is to move forward. So, so the last arc, the reason he builds that castle on Mustafar is because he thinks it's a way to get Padme back, which is very much a dreamboat Hayden Christensen goal. And in the last issue, he manages to open this door to this sort of dark side mystical place where he thinks Padme might be able to be waiting for him. And he goes into it. And instead of finding Padme in, in the way he thinks he will, it's basically the dark side saying, hey, dude, put all that stuff aside. Uh, you're, that's not who you are anymore. Now you're Darth Vader, and it's time to be that. And in order to do that, the dark side showed him all these moments of his history and put his whole life in context and, and then finally brought him to Padme. And Padme's like, dude, it's, it's forget it. Yeah, you fucked up. Man. Yeah, forget <laughs> it. Like, don't just don't even bother. And so, and then... So he goes through all these things. He fights. He fights a bunch of Jedi. He like sees Obi Wan and, and Palpatine. He 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 sees a vision of of Luke way way off in his future. He doesn't know who he is. He just sees there's a Jedi with the blue lightsaber. He sees all these things, and then he's he's sort of is shoved back out of that, back into his suit of armor, his sort of beat up shitty piece, you know, suit of armor. At this point, he's been through a lot, and then he kind of gets up, and the Emperor calls him and is like, "Hey, dude, how did it go?" And he says, um, you know, <laughs> did you learn what you needed to learn? Uh, and yeah. Vader, Vader, and then you have the last page spread with Vader just saying yes. So, so the idea is that the whole issue is the dark side yelling in his face, buddy, you're not dreamboat. You're not a dreamboat. Look, look in the mirror. You're not a dreamboat. You're yeah. like, you're not. So move on. And, and that's what the issue was for. Um, and so, yeah, it's all, it's all a fake out or it's the most sort of like it's a very evocative and and you know it's definitely whatever. not a fake out because i and i said this when we talked about the book like it really it digests uh a sort of uh the bumpy uh, history of uh of anakin skywalker in a way that puts it all in a very nice linear story that shows the descent from the kid in episode one to the the monster that we we meet and throughout the rest of the Star Wars universe, and I think it it's such a it does such a great job of doing that thematically uh, with the, the images and just so cleanly that I I really loved it. It does feel like a lot of your Darth Vader run was focused on reclaiming moments from the prequels oh, that people absolutely. hated. Absolutely. Uh, what yeah. what is the thought process goes there? How do you lay that out? Well, I mean, first of all, there's there's no right. So so the end of Revenge of the Sith. I, I mean, I don't know if any... Maybe somebody did think that that was the, the best Darth Vader moment ever. I don't know who that person is. I don't know if I ever want to meet that person. But I think, <laughs> I think for a lot of us, it felt like, whoa, what a bizarre choice to make. Like, to have that be the one thing Darth... Well, I guess he has a couple other lines. But basically, that's, that's the moment we... That's where Darth Vader's born. And you're like, it, looks, it just looks ludicrous almost. It doesn't... It takes away the power that you think Darth Vader should have. And yeah. so, so the first moment of the series, uh, the comic series that I did with uh, Giuseppe Camincoli is the primary artist who is incredible, gave a curial on colors, um, was, to, was to recast that. So it's, it's, not, it's not a no, like, oh my God, you know, this sucks. It's no, Palpatine, fuck you. This is not how this is going to go. And so the, the first moment of the comic is him attacking Palpatine and saying, like, shoving him against the wall with this incredibly powerful force blast and saying, you promised me things and this is what I get? This is, this is over. And then Palpatine has to, like, has to sort of take him down and, and use force lightning on him and do all these things. And it, it, I thought, 
looking at the at what I think some people would say was one of the worst moments of the prequels, and there's plenty to choose from, um, and <laughs> and and making you think about it in a new way was important. And so there were a lot of moments like that within uh, the whole series and within this last issue in particular, where I just wanted to take beats that I like. The, you know, the "Are you an angel?" line um, yeah. in from Episode One when yeah. it's like Anakin says, "It's just so it's dumb. It feels weird." You know, like mm-hmm. it's just out of place. And but in the context of how it works in this issue. Uh, I think it's the creepiest thing ever. Um, yeah. Well, that so. and you throw out the I don't like sand line as well. Yeah. There's even there's the the first te- I think it was the first teaser poster yeah. from Phantom With, Menace. Do you guys remember this image? It, it had uh, Jake Lloyd, little baby Anakin walking, and then his shadow is cast on like a yeah. you know the Darth Vader shadow against right. a, a building and on Tatooine. Yeah. And so in this, and that was a promo poster. Obviously, it was never in the film, and it was never intended to be in the film. But in Vader twenty five. Um, as, as, as Vader is kind of walking through his own past, he, he sees uh, a dream, a nightmare that young Anakin had, which was that he was walking through town and there was a shadow and he looked at it and it's like, oh my God, what is that? And then like a vision of Vader reached out to grab him and he woke up and his mom was there and was like, hey, it's okay, you're cool. Um, he was not cool, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it was, it was, for me, it was about recontextualizing as much as I could. Um, and, and fortunately the people at Lucasfilm, the story group and, and the editorial and, and Marvel were all like, yeah, this is really... Like, they let me do a lot of things I never thought they'd let me get away with over and over again on that series and Poe Dameron and a lot of the other Star Wars stuff I've done. Great. Uh, So, can you fix The Force Awakens at all? Is that possible? Or is that a. What does that mean? I just don't like it. What? What? That's true. Oh, man. Boo. You know, now you're the bad person on the podcast. Yeah. I just Uh, wanted to take it away from people. Moving on to a dude with hot claws, Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine. Woo. Woo. He's back. You're returning him. Uh, yes. We're about halfway through the series. Uh, yeah, three issues more. have come out. I think issue four is out, if not tomorrow, then next week, um, which is drawn by Declan Shalvey. So so the way that the series has gone is that the first issue, which was 30 pages, is drawn by the incredible Steve McNiven, yep. who I did Death of Wolverine with. And then issues two, three, four, Declan Shalvey, uh, the Irish superstar. Wolfhound? Irish, Irish oh. wolfhound? No, not a wolfhound. <laughs> anyway, he's super good. Uh, so he's drawing issues two through four, and then Steve is back for, for the last issue, issue five, um, which is also 30 pages. So they each get half of the 120-page story, and uh, it's been awesome. You know, it's been really fun to, to put out. I hope you guys have been enjoying it. And, yes. You know, the hot claws. Yeah, there's clearly... So. I was surprised how much this was a mystery series. Like, you're right. definitely... You're, it seems like you're saving it towards the end sure. to have the reveals. Uh, why was this important to do for Wolverine? Why was it important to make a mystery built around the return of Wolverine? Um, part of it is that I, I just enjoy stories where the payoff is held a little bit. Like, I think it's interesting to have people have an opportunity to put clues together and sort of think, why is this happening? You know, what is the bigger story that's being told? What is the thematic story that's being told? Like, I guess three issues have come out, so you've seen that the the title of the first chapter was Hell, and then it was Purgatory, or sorry, it's Hell, Limbo, Purgatory, uh, and then we're going to go from there. And so he's clearly sort of ascending through the the classical Milton levels of, of the afterlife. So he starts in hell. I don't know. Where do you think he's going to end up? I wonder. Um, What's at the top? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Podcast guest? Podcast guest, <laughs> yep. So, so it's, it's about somebody who was... I didn't want to write a story where Wolverine is just like, yeah, I'm back, woo! I wanted it to be something where he actually acknowledges the fact that he died, and he doesn't have his memories, really. And so he has to... He has to figure out who he's supposed to be in the world. And he's learning it through um, this adventure that he's having that is that is sort of teaching him, once again, what he was. And now he's, well, not now, but eventually he's going to choose what he's going to be going forward. Um, and I think if you have a main character who is memory-challenged, as, as Wolverine often is, as certainly is here. Like, he doesn't really... He does, at the beginning of the series, he doesn't remember his own name. Doesn't remember he's Logan. Doesn't remember he's Wolverine. Doesn't remember he has claws. None of it. And... Um, so over the course of the story, he's learning all those things about himself while there's an overarching mystery with this new villain named Persephone and like all these things going on. The X-Men get involved. It gets very intense. And it's, uh, I don't know. I just like stories where you, you don't get all the answers on page one. A lot of the memory stuff when we talked about this a bit on the podcast struck me as almost, in a way, bringing Wolverine back to status quo, that when he was first introduced, he didn't remember a whole lot, and he didn't remember a whole lot for decades. Is that something that's going to stick ongoing, or will we have to wait and see? Uh, Well... I don't want to say at this point. Okay. Nice. Smart. All right. Will Smart. we find out the secret of the hot claws by the end of the series? You know, I love the hot claws so much. Uh, I tweet about them a lot. They make me so happy. Uh, I, I don't know. They're my favorite thing. But there is not really a big, huge, like, secret. It's not like Magneto did it or, like, you know, Mojo did it or 
Darth Vader did it or whatever. None that of those would people be did wild. it. Um, yeah. It's more of a side effect of his resurrection, and it 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 it, um, it speaks to his mental state at the time and and the potential within him to be a complete nutbag, crazy person. And so that's that's most of it. I also just think they look sweet, and so. <laughs> You'll see, I mean, there's a little more to them that you'll find out as the story concludes, but like it's, it's, it's not like the, the mystery is other stuff. The mystery, people have really picked up on, and I guess I should have seen it coming because hot claws are like, they're hot claws. Right. But, yeah. um, they're the lightsabers of claws. Yes, <laughs> they certainly are. Cut through just about anything, unlike yeah. adamantium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you'll see, like when it's all done, said and done, hopefully you'll be like, oh, I get it. I get why he was doing this, and I get why he. You know, talked it up the way he did, but also this is this is cool and satisfying, and it works. We'll see. Probably not. Probably not because nah. <laughs> you know comics. But anyway. I mean, every time I hear them, I go hot claws in the city. Is he going to sing that at any point? Yes. Great. Actually, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember, but in the olden days, sometimes you would get these uh, like like in cereal boxes on the. You would get like f- like little floppy uh, L- like singles LPs, yeah, yeah. right? Mm. Um, I guess if you're very old, you remember that. Yeah, uh, that people told old. me about that. Old people told me about that. Yeah, exactly. Real LP. old people told now, me about that. Now you get MP3s in the cereal boxes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, and sometimes they're in comics and magazines and stuff. I think. And so there will be a one of those in issue five, where you can pull it out and put it on yeah. your record player, and it will be oh, hot clothes somewhere in the city. <laughs> <laughs> like awesome. that. That's good. That's great news. That's yeah. definitely yeah. the cool. reference. Look to that. That's an announcement. That's yeah. an announcement. Uh, what else do you have going on? What else do you want to plug? You're working on a uh, second book, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so my my first book came out. My first novel, no pictures, came out in April. It's called The Oracle Year. Um, yeah. Amazing. Uh, thank you very much, phenomenal. guys. Phenomenal. Thanks. From Petey. There you go, Petey. From Petey. I, and I Pete hate really Petey. jumped on the compliment too. Uh, if you heard that, he was like, he "Great, he great book. Love it." <laughs> he didn't really like um, the last chapter, but otherwise, he was yeah. good. No, you, man. That was an unbelievable novel that Thanks, I wasn't. Man. Uh, sure, I was gonna like, but I mean, and especially yeah, yeah. when it's, once it gets going, you can't put that thing down. Yeah, and you it's tear a book through with it. No pictures. Yeah, no, to his hands, was, which was uh, his disappointing. Hands. There was no pictures, but I still read it anyway. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, so, so that book has done really well, which now puts a lot of pressure on the second book, the follow-up, which is not a sequel. It's about something else entirely different. Um, but like the publisher was, everybody was really happy with it. Like critics, readers, it was, it kind of, it, it exceeded everybody's expectations for a first novel, which is awesome. But then the second book, like you're sort of, you're sort of screwed no matter, like, yeah, yeah you got to set the pattern right. of excellence. I guess, <laughs> I guess so. So, um, that my second novel, like I've, I've already had it, you know, I've, I've written it. I've, it's been through some editorial paths and stuff like that, but the, the next draft of it, like, which should be the final draft is actually due today. And instead of doing the last tweaks and turning it in, I came here. Yeah. You, I mean, right. say, so, you, you made the right choice. Yeah. yeah. But well, your we'll, publisher we'll is here and oh, they, oh, no, they no, mad, no. they mad, <laughs> real mad, real mad. Um, let me ask you, what's yep. harder, writing your first novel or writing your second one? Uh, well, they're different things, right? Because the first novel, you have no idea if it's going to do anything, and you have to motivate yourself to do it. Right. Because it's like, I already have so many other things going on. Why am I doing this? The second one, uh, I have the craft and the skill set. Like, I know the mountain I'm climbing, so I know how to do it. But then there's all these other weird pressures. Like, you're second-guessing yourself about what was the thing that people enjoyed about the first book that I'm trying to replicate here, but I don't want to just do the same thing over and over again. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the new book is... is the, the main thing I really wanted to replicate was that um, propulsive quality that you mentioned. Like, you can't put it down. Like, it just right. moves, yeah. moves, moves. Because if it has that, it almost doesn't matter what it's about. It does, but it doesn't. And and so this book's a little darker, uh, but it ha- it's just very, it's like very intricate now that I've, because I've been working on it for like a year or so, and it's been through a bunch of passes, and it's got all the details, and it's all in, and it's just like this kind of beautiful machine, but that doesn't mean anybody's going to like it. So we'll see. Oh, when Exciting. does it come out? Do you know yet? I do. The uh, I just found the press date last week. It is December 3rd, so it's not oh. imminent, but it's not not imminent in publishing terms, like yeah. it's 11, less than 11 months away. So cool. uh any minute in terms of uh, in terms yeah. of how things go. Cool. Anything else you want to plug? Um, I not right now. I mean, there's yeah, a lot. Think of, about it. We have yeah, time. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot oh, of wait. there's a lot of huge stuff going on um, that I like. I can't talk about. It's all the stupid NDA stuff, which I'm so sorry about. That's but okay. I signed right. the papers. You know, I respect yeah. the law. I respect I it. Yeah, and we're going to have you, you sign one about your appearance on this show. So. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this uh, recording never, will never, never see the light this. of day. Yeah. Never talk about this. But uh, but basically, there's some there's some there's some new huge license stuff coming from me in 2019, uh, and there's some new huge creator-owned stuff coming from me in 2019, and obviously the next novel uh, and. Um, 
working on my first TV pilot. I don't, there's a, there's like a Holy lot. It, I'm, yeah, I'm very, very busy right now. It's great, but, uh, you know, How we'll see. How do you great. have time for all that, man? I don't know. I, sh- I, I shouldn't do talk shows, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all that's right, good. but we're going to do talk shows. We're going to move on with our next section real quick, which we like to call The Stack. Yeah. yeah and in The Stack, we talk about a couple of books that we really like. We'll talk about them very briefly uh, okay. so we can get oh, to your guys' yeah, we questions. We understand your cue, Alex. Yeah, just <laughs> don't take too much time, Got Pete. <laughs> uh, BPRT, The Devil You Know, number 12 from Dark Horse Comics. Pete. Yeah, want to so, talk about this? Yep, and I don't take cues well from you. So uh, basically, Hellboy is back. The last we kind of left, uh, the world is fucked. Monsters are running all over the earth. The good guys have given up. And this is kind of Hellboy getting back into action. And what's interesting is... Uh, the devil kind of the Hellboy was the key to kind of raising uh, a hell to Earth, and the devil found a way around using Hellboy, which is weird because it's kind of left Hellboy a little left out. Yeah, it's and hell is he used to be kind name. of like the focus of everything, and yeah. now he's not. So it's kind of a weird place for him. But yeah, it's a, it's a kind of our squad figuring out how they're going to kind of stop all these monsters and try to kind of save the day. Now let me ask you: uh, these are different monsters. Than the last time monsters destroyed all of the Hellboy Earth. No, these are the same ones. They're the same ones they've just always been wandering around for like a yeah, couple yeah. Of years? Yeah. 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 Oh, really? So uh, we, we've been talking about this uh, title, all of these titles for years. And for those of you who haven't been keeping up with Hellboy, Hellboy died. Uh, they had BPRD, Hell on Earth, for years. Then yeah. things just got worse and worse and worse until it ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then that was the end of it. And Mike Mignola said... I'm done with this whole universe. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to do fine art instead. So Pete handed me this, and I started reading it, and I went, oh, okay, cool. It's a recap of what happened when Hellboy is here. And then it went past that point. I was like, wait, hold on. What's going on exactly? This isn't a recap. Some new stuff is happening. Oh, okay, this must be a new writer taking this on. Wait, this is Mike Mignola taking it on. Yeah. So I had like multiple disassociative moments reading this book yeah. uh, to the point where I, <laughs> I have to go back and read the previous You're questioning in. reality. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, it was um, weird for me because like you had questions and I was like no you normally that's my role yeah I don't get things uh, but this is great all of the issues are great uh, I this is the stuff that we wanted to happen the entire time we're reading BPRD yep. on hell on earth where you constantly feel okay if Hellboy just comes back we're going to be able to fix the earth and that yeah. never happened Alex we're actually trying to move through this quickly oh, so okay, if you keep, uh, <laughs> can finish up your event. it's real good okay let's move on to <laughs> Batman Detective Comics number Damn. 995 you want to talk about Woo-hoo. this one Justin I uh so uh, uh, Peter Tomasi uh, just took over this book, and he's great uh, as a writer. Uh, I think Doug Monkey's on art, which is fantastic. Such a dark uh, feeling for the whole book. At the top of this issue, uh, Leslie Tompkins has uh, the uh, Joker virus, and she is doing the smile. Uh, and it's uh, terrifying. Uh, a bunch of other stuff happens that is horrible, and it's really good. What I really love about this run is we're watching Batman kind of unravel. Which is uh, sort of what's happening to him in a lot of his time on <laughs> Earth. Right, but in, in the last I mean, 75 in years. In past yeah. issues, we're, we've seen how, like, Detective Gordon has, like, been like, yo, Batman is really off the rails, and yeah. this issue ends with an amazing last panel where he just shows up to Arkham Asylum is like, you guys better start giving me answers or I'm just going to start beating my way through all the levels of this fucking How often do you think jail? Batman goes to Arkham Asylum? Like, once, every, at lunch every day? <laughs> you like, hey, every I should go check out. That's sort of the f- where bad shit comes yeah. from. Uh, I, I'm sort of used to, you know, two Batman titles. One of them, quote-unquote, matters, and the other one is just sort of there killing time until right. they get around again. I have been floored about what's been going on in this yeah. title every issue. It's great. I, mean, I don't it, want to spoil it This at is like all. the second issue of their run, I believe. Yeah, and big stuff has happened every single issue. Honestly, Alex, we don't really have time. Oh, we okay, have to right. I'm sorry. I wanted to say Conan O'Brien. Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> Conan O'Brien. <laughs> Conan O'Brien, number one. Finally back in comics, Jason Aaron. He's talking. That's basically it. It's a guy at a desk. Uh, this is great. This is everything you want for the book. It's uh, Asad Ribic, I think, on art. Wait. No, it's Mahmoud Azra. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I got that horribly and, wrong. And, I, I and think... Matt Wilson on colors, who's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is exactly what you would want from a Jason Aaron Conan the Barbarian title. Uh, it's big, epic action. It has shades of his Thor run mixing old King Conan yeah. with young Conan. There's some horrific imagery in here, some creepy children. It's great. 
It's yeah. I agree. Like it, the reading this makes you sort of recontextualize a lot of the different time periods he's using in the Thor run in a great way, and it's uh, super fun. Yeah, I love a, a creepy child because I have two of them. <laughs> this is the second time you said that today. What's yeah. going on at home? Yeah, are you scared of your own children? My kids are popping out of surprising places. They don't sleep right. When uh, <laughs> when when Conan came up at a at a Marvel summit as like we're going to do Conan again. This is I don't know a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Aaron was in the room as as he is, and he basically <laughs> said, "This is mine." And that oh was wow! It. Uh, it was, he called it. He yeah, was like, he "I call, called dibs." He, he, there was no real discussion. I Leave mean, Jason the room. Aaron, he looks. He kind of looks like Conan a little bit. And <laughs> Uh, or at least someone from the Conan verse. Um, so it, yeah, that's how that went. And nobody, you know, he's he's definitely the right guy to do this. Uh, yeah. And and, and yeah. it's it's a great issue. And Mahmood is amazing as well. So it's yeah. really great. It's great. Uh, can I talk about it a little bit more? I don't. Th- did Pete, did you have an opinion? Uh, yeah, I that's did. all the time we have. I'm so sorry. We have to move on to our next all question, right. which is my first section because you guys make it up as your audience questions. All right, here we go. Yeah. So guys, all you have to do is raise your hand for a question oh, for lot, either our amazing guest or all of us. You know how this works. Uh, all right, you sir, right over there. Come on down. What's your name? What's your question? Hi, my name is Brandon Medina, and I don't mean to be greedy, but I have two questions about Wolverine. Okay. So I'll try to keep it quick. <laughs> One. Oh, here we go. Right into it. We were just rushing through the last section. Okay. So, in that case, I'll take my time with a question about all of Wolverine's history. Oh, Jesus. So. We don't have time for that. Okay, you're cut. So, well, there's actually. <laughs> I find. Uh, I love. I He used to be my favorite character, and I've uh, uh, had some problems for a while now because. So many people have contributed to his past at this point. I find there's a lot of overlap. It used to be, okay, he, the Weapon X storyline, Barry Windsor right. Smith, and then there's this and that. Uh, uh, and now it's like they have, it's like, well, this is what he's doing in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And it's like, no, wasn't he in the X-Men in the 70s and the 80s? Wasn't he? So a lot of these things from his past I find now overlap. So my question is, how do you deal with that, with all the things that have happened in his past and how they seem to overlap uh, when you're writing him? And two... You've written Daredevil and Wolverine, both characters who fight the hand. Is there a difference in how you uh, sort of what angle, I guess you could say, of the hand? Like, do you play up more of the mystical or martial arts or sort of more the thumb or the fingers? Right. (laughs) Back of the hand. Back of the hand. Right. For one character over the other. I got you. I got you. Okay. So so with respect to Wolverine and the overlapping histories, I mean, I've I've really only written two substantial Wolverine stories. One is which in which I killed him and the other one in which I brought him back to life. So all that stuff, it's not really my problem. Um, (laughs) I, I, you know, that was my answer to that. He would just fly to Japan on the weekends. Yeah. I think Um, that's the answer. And the as far as the hand, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, the, the advantage of using the hand in Daredevil is that Daredevil is, is was one of the only firmly religious characters in in all of comics. Like he's a, he's a sometimes he's lapsed, sometimes he's practicing, but he's a Catholic, and that 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 informs what he does as a superhero very significantly. The hand is sort of like they're basically Satan, kind of uh, depending on how you look <laughs> at them. And so giving giving a, a a specific kind of devilish adversary to Daredevil. Like I wrote them as as quasi religious mystical stuff. Right. With Daredevil, they're mostly or sorry, with Wolverine, they're kind of like just like they're sweet ninjas, and you can you can <laughs> do a lot with sweet ninjas. So, um, but every villain's like that, right? You you tailor a Joker appearance for the person that he's fighting, or a Scarecrow appearance, or whatever. Like it, it it depends on the character they're going up against, and and some some work better against the others than others. There you go. Also, the uh, ten fingers villain you did was ten pretty fingers ba- pretty badass. Pretty cool. I like there that guy. Nice. Great. Hand go up over here. What's your name? What's your question? My name is Kevin, and I'm going to follow off the earlier discussion about Daredevil when you talked about that ending being like a real gut punch. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the gut punches you've encountered in fiction that were the most emotionally satisfying or ones that were maybe the most frustrating? Ooh. Interesting. Some good gut um, punches. I mean, there's. I remember one very like. I, I don't know if this will land for people, but I read it when I was. I don't know if it was just the time when I read it, but the the book of Chuck Palahniuk's Fight Club. There's a point oh. where the twist is revealed that the narrator is the same person as Tyler Durden. Right. And if you don't know that by now, whatever. Um, <laughs> but but I remember it like it was it was a twist that I just I just didn't see it coming at all, and I was like, holy shit, what have I been reading this whole time? So I remember that hit hard. Um, the Watchmen, uh, the big classic. Why would I tell you all this if I did it 35 minutes ago? I remember that was a big like. Whoa, yeah. they really pulled that off. Um, another Alan Moore one, the Anatomy Lesson and Swamp Thing, was a big one for me. Um, gosh, I don't know. There's plenty. Like even even like Death of Superman, which is so, you know, it's it's 
it's seen as much, you know, it's an artifact of its time and the way it was done was kind of, you know, like if you look at it now, it's a little cheesy. But when I was reading it when I was young, I was like, wow, four Supermans. That's a lot of Supermans. That's how I said it back then. So, <laughs> What about you guys? Do you have Superman. a gut punch that was satisfying or the opposite? Gut punch. Yeah, I mean, I, I have... Uh, Every day really is <laughs> a new one for you. Life Ouch. bad. Yeah, life really... No, I just mean in your... You're just degree. saying my life is so no, bad. No, no, I'm really not it's saying like that. It's like a gun punch not every at all. day. I'm saying truly every time you read a comic, I feel like you, you get hurt by it. Wow. Uh, I... I'm basing that on literally every week when we talk about comics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm not uh, making that up. Yeah, no, I, I believe that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's the go-tos that I hate that I bring up all the time, like when Punisher became Frankencastle. That was a gut punch. Yeah. Uh, just because I felt like Dokken wasn't uh, a level character that could take out the Punisher, I felt like. So I've, I was a little disappointed that that happened. Could you? Is there another character that you think would have fixed that gut punch for you? Who would have killed Punisher? Not if it was going to become Frankencastle. There was nothing. Well, let's that say, could've... who do you think could take out the Punisher? Where you'd be like, cool. That, that's that's an impo- There is. I wouldn't be excited about someone. No, taking but I'm just out saying. Is there what if the Punisher took out the Punisher? Oh, Ooh. that's cool. So like a jigsaw, <laughs> but like. No, yeah. Well, okay. Or, Did that you fried your brain a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Justin, do you have one before uh, we... gut punch? Um, this one's pretty lame, but uh, I it, it bothered me a lot when um, Speedball became Penance oh in God. the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I was just like, oh. we talked about uh, you it. A did, lot. You did say it was lame, so yeah, uh, that's fair. My yeah. answer being lame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say when uh, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Carl got shot through the eye in The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. Uh, that was a moment for me where I felt like. Either way this goes, I'm not on board with this series the same way anymore. Yeah, me because too. Because yeah. either if either he dies and that's it for me, or he lives, which is insane, with a hole through his head. You know, you know, it was a similar moment for me. And in, in Game of, are we all kind of caught up in Game of Thrones? Probably we are, right? As More a less, nation, yeah. Hopefully, um, the moment when uh, um, God, what's the the sort of ice cold dick uh, contender for the throne? You know, uh, Stannis. When Stannis burns his daughter on the show, I'm like. Oh yeah, Are you that's fucking kidding so me. True. And then and then I just I remember watching. I'm like, I'm never gonna watch this again. And then I did watch it, but it 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 changed my relationship with the show forever. Like I don't feel about it the way I used to feel. I watch it because it's entertaining. I don't watch it the same way as I did before. Well, that and also, it made you watch anything with Stan to be like, let's move on. Let's yeah. get we're yeah. done with this. That this guy, guy's yeah. burnt. Yeah, uh, literally, no, forget it. You're burnt. Cool. Uh, I see this hand over here. You come on down. What's your name? What's your question? Hi, my name is Jesus. First, I want to say I love the entire Darth Vader run, especially issue 25. Yeah. yeah slam finger <laughs> yeah. at Pete's face. I want to ask, uh, <laughs> is there any aspect of the Star Wars canon you didn't have to, a chance to play with that you would love to get into if you had the chance? Ooh, oh, sure. Tons. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of zones that are that are exciting to me. Um, I think anything after episode six is a lot of fun. But like, So between episode six and seven is very fertile ground. Um, I think, you know, not much has been explored between five and six. Um, between episodes one and two. Uh, and then obviously there's like a lot before episode one, like going all the way back in history. There's a ton of things that could be told. So basically my feeling about Star Wars stuff is that we've we've only seen, it's like all of Star Wars is like from the Civil War to World War II. And that's the entire story that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's only like American history too. Like we haven't seen, there's so much that could be told outside that 60 year period or whatever. So... Um, I, I would love to see some of that told, and, and who knows, maybe we'll get to see some of it. Like the Star Wars dinosaurs. All right, uh, you, sir, right here. What's your name? What's your question? Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kier, and hey, first of all, I love your shoelaces, by the way. Oh, Thanks nice. so much. Great. No oh, problem. Uh, you mentioned about the Marvel Summit, and that's something I learned when Jason Aaron and Dan Slott were on Sci-Fi Wire explaining it. I was, was there ever a moment when you were at one of these Marvel summits when they were announcing all the latest books coming? Like you said, Jason Aaron was like, I want that. Did you, was there ever a title aside from Daredevil? You were just like, Oh my gosh, if I could get that title, I know exactly what I would do. You know, the the way that it tends to work is like the, it's not like, like a jamboree at the Marvel summit. We're like, here are the titles up for grabs. Let's go guys. It was more like, um, it, it, it works more like we all kind of know what's going to be happening and we all go around the table and talk about what we're doing in our books for a while. So, so the, the handovers happen kind of outside the summit, but at the same time, 
there's always a period, usually on the third day, the three days long, when it's kind of like, well, what else should we do? What would be cool books to do? And everybody can kind of throw out their pitches for things. Uh, and so that's where books, like some of the weird stuff comes from. Or like sometimes the really cool ideas that people, like it doesn't make sense to bring up your idea for... I don't know, like next wave in the middle of, of talking about the huge crossover. But then on day three, if you pitch your next wave, then every, if everyone's like, that's awesome, then it sort of just gets greenlit in the room. And then it's like you, you have your editor and you get to work on it. So, um, so that's happened a number of times to me and to, to other people in the room, which has, been, which has been really fun to see. Like, you know, those summits are, I mean, they're very intense environments because you're with the, some of the, some of if, the not, if, if not the best writers in comics, plus all the editors and plus the executives. And so you really, there's a lot of pressure to perform and be smart and have great ideas. Um, but you're also in a room with all these incredibly talented, brilliant people. So it's very, you know, you come out of it utterly exhausted, um, but, but feeling like you really spent a, a great three days, like, talking story and stuff. It's, it's a really neat place to go. Cool. All right. Uh, ooh, the big hand up over here. Yes, you, sir. Come on up right over here. You can do it. Come on down. Uh, just name? so you know, we're out of comics. Oh, we are? Yeah. Okay, well, so well, no free comics, comics, just a question. Here you go. Yeah. Hi, uh, my hey. name is Mike, and uh, I want to say, you know, thank you for bringing back Wolverine also. That sure. He's my favorite X-Men. Actually, well, let me rephrase that. Thanks for bringing him back, Bob. <laughs> uh, my pleasure. Uh, um, it's amazing that, you know, back in 2014 when you killed Wolverine, you know, it was a nice way to set him off. And the fact that you actually brought him back, uh, the only time that I seen like you know somebody like kill a character back was like Dan Slaw with Spider Man. But the right. fact that you brought him back, you know, about four years later is amazing. What was it like after you killing him? And then you actually got to brought him, bring him back again. Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't a shirt like I didn't. I didn't write Death of Wolverine knowing that I would get to bring him back, and it was like a. Um, kind of a lucky, a lucky timing thing that Stephen Niven was free, that I was free, uh, and and that we could do it. So. Um, it's, it, it feels like kind of a weird, like lottery ticket win almost to get to do those things because so, so with death of Wolverine, hunt for Wolverine and now return of Wolverine, it's almost like this awesome trilogy of stories that I got to do with a lot of amazing artists and and other writers. And and I'm really proud of it. And I, I think it, I think it'll stand the test of time, but we'll see. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Uh, Was that all, was it always the plan that you were going to get to kill him and bring him back? No, it was not always the plan. The only thing that I had like, Oh, here's what I would do if I could do it was the, the stuff in Humphrey Wolverine. When you see, um, Kitty Pride pull him out of the statue with her, I always knew it was going to be Kitty doing it. But I, but then everything after that is stuff I came up with in like basically now, you know, this cool. Just right now. While you're sitting here, yes, I, I, God, I got <laughs> sense of real quick. Oh man, uh, cool. I think we can take one or two more quick questions. Uh, you right there. What's your name? What's your question? Hi, my name is Emma. Hey, hey Emma. Um, and I have to ask about uh, you bringing Mike Murdoch back, which sure. is one of my yeah, favorite Mike. parts of your run. Um, yeah. And I guess, uh, how did you get that idea, and how did you go about kind of reinventing him? Because obviously he's different than he was in the '60s. Uh, totally. Well, good, right? <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I thought that. I always thought Mike Murdoch was, I mean, I had an idea of what Mur- Mike Murdoch was, which I thought was kind of like low-hanging fruit. And I'm like, why has nobody ever brought Mike Murdoch back into the Marvel Universe? Because it seems like it'd be super fun. And I thought he was kind of like, um, shoot, what's what's Batman's alter ego? The guy he like, uh, Max Malone. Malone, Malone, Malone right? yeah, I thought yeah. it was like Max Malone. Like he was cool. Like he would go and like be the guy in the, in the bars and like, you know, beat people up and be all like gruff. That is not what Mike Murdoch was at all. Um, and so when I was like, I'm going to bring Mike Murdoch back, uh, and I can do it because I, there's like reader and stuff, and so I can make like a, a, a real twin for, um, for Matt to have. Uh, I went back and looked at the Stanley stories where Mike Murdoch existed. I'm like, whoa, this is kind of, uh, what's a nice way to say it? It was, it was of its time. It was of its time. Uh, another mm. way to say it is that it was kind of garbage. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, so I got to figure out a way to do this that makes him cool for now and and i was like what would be the thing that would be neat to see for like what would what would be fun and i was thinking you know you guys remember who roger clinton was bill clinton's kind of like yeah idiot younger brother brother yeah (laughs) shitty brother like well mike matt is so like locked down and so focused so driven what if he has a shitty brother who always fucks everything up and like gets drunk a lot and like um and just is kind of always thinks he has is like cool and is like on the same level as matt but he's not and um it's just a dick he's just a dick and because you know, like people have siblings who are dicks sometimes. It's like a thing that happens in life. And and so I thought it'd be fun for Matt Murdock, who has basically no family really to give him a family member that kind of has his heart in the right place, but is also a total train wreck. And 
when I started writing him, like that first scene when you see him in the bar and he's like hitting on this other dude's wife and you're like, this is... I, I knew almost from the first scene that he was solid gold and and <laughs> and he is he is that he has become solid gold. Like I know I know he's like other, I know other writers are going to use him because it works so well, which is all you really want to do. Like if you come up with a dumb idea, but then you make it not dumb, the real the real way that you know it's not dumb is when other writers use it. And and so yeah. I know Mike Murdoch's coming back in the Marvel Universe, which I feel like, I don't know if that's my proudest moment, but it's it's certainly up there. So I'm glad you liked it. Cool. Nice. Cool. And then we can take uh, one more question all the way in the back there. Come on down. Yes, you. All right. Come on down. What's your name? What's your question? So my name is Eric. Hey. And I just read the Oracle. You're awesome, by the way. Thank you. And um, I just found out that you're also a lawyer, musician, yeah. Writer. Yep. So I would like to know more about you, not about the, the writing thing. So, how do you start all of this? Am I missing something? Comic book writer, um, musician, <laughs> lawyer. Missing yeah, I, I mean, I, I like to think I'm a good dude. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. So then, oh, that's my, all it takes. My uh, question would be: How do you start in all those three fields or four fields? Sure. And, uh, uh, the, I mean, why do you keep in, keep doing it? Like. Well, I like to I like to do things that that I love, that are fulfilling, that I think, you know, I think life is 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 long and it's short at the same time, right? And so I think you need to take every opportunity you can to to use every minute that you have to do things. And so um you know, law is something that I, I was I was, you know, primarily an immigration attorney. I had my own practice and all those things. I don't do it as much as I used to because of time, but and also I think it's irresponsible to be a part time lawyer. But but immigration law in particular, like you're changing people's lives in a very direct way. You're you're helping them be married, you're helping them work here, you're helping them, you know, be with their families, whatever it is. Uh, and and that I thought was great. If uh, like a really good way to use this kind of very specific difficult skill set to to you know, I don't think a lot of lawyers feel good about themselves after practicing law for 30 years. It's it's a very draining profession, especially if all you're really doing is, you know, fucking people over, helping rich people get richer. <laughs> but with immigration law, I really felt like I was I was affecting people's lives positively. Um, at the same time, though, I felt like it was I was missing a lot of creative. Like I I I love telling stories. I've always loved telling stories, and so from the minute I. I past the bar, I was like, oh man, how am I going to be a writer too? So I started writing my first novel back then in, in 2000 and, um, and that eventually led over time into getting into comics because novels have a lot of gatekeepers. It's very difficult to, to break in, but comics it's in, which is going to sound crazy, but comics is sort of easier to break into than novels. And so I thought I would do that first and it worked out. And, and then that got me enough of a platform that the novel could get published and so on. Um, as far as music goes, I've been playing music since I was three. My mom had me playing violin at three. Um, and so, and then that shifted into guitar, uh, when I was in high school because I wanted to meet chicks, I guess. (laughs) There we go. Um, yep. And, uh, and then I got very heavily into composition and so on when I was in college. So, uh, so I did a lot of jazz and classical composing and all that stuff. Um, and, uh, I studied, uh, my major was Chinese. So I did that as my major. Um, but then my minor was theory, music theory, so music composition. So. I don't know. I just, it really goes down to the, like, I think, you know, even if I live to be a hundred years old, it's not going to be enough time. And so I want to use every minute that I have. I want to fill every minute that I have with uh, as many amazing things as I can, like being on this show tonight. That's oh! the best way to end And that last answer is how dude. you become a cool dude. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> All right, guys. Stuff. Thank you so much for your questions. We're going to move on to our next section, which is trivia, and we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. Pete right. the star of trivia. I hate you, Justin. The secret um, keeper of trivia. Yeah, yeah. You're the asshole brother. You know, you're you're, right. he was talking about you're Dick right. Brothers. Me. Yeah, because I met your brother. You love He's him. awesome. Yeah. He's a great guy, super nice. <laughs> you should do a show with him. Oh, man. Whoa. Um, cool. Um, oh, this is tough. He was technically first hand up guy. Uh, but you haven't been in a while, so I feel bad. But uh, just we're choose go somebody, with, Pete. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to go with first stand-up guy. Nice All right, uh, cool. So today's trivia is on Charles Soule, uh, his work. Okay. Uh, so as long as you've nice. read everything, you should be fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. Terrified look. Here we go. Question number one. The Oracle Year, which is an amazing novel. I, f- I feel like I've shared that enough. He's uh, a lot of compliments in uh, Will the main character makes a lot of enemies? Which one is not an enemy? Is it A, the President of the United States, B, a warlord with nuclear missiles, or is it C, Robert Duvall? 
<laughs> so if you would like to continue and get $25, I would pick C. Uh, C, please. Yes, nice. that is right. Robert Duvall is not an enemy. Uh, great. <laughs> uh, Charles Soule did a lot of amazing things in his Daredevil run, including an amazing new villain named Blank. Is it A, Muse, B, Kingpin, or is it C, Hub McCann? <laughs> so it's either A, Muse, okay. or you could pick B or C and be completely wrong. A. A is correct. Yeah. Nice job. Uh, really amazing villain. So happy about that. All right, here we go. When, we, uh, when asked about Wolverine's claws heating up uh, uh, as a new superpower, Mr. Soul responded, was it A, hell yeah, I gave him a new power. He is back from the dead, ain't he? Or is it <laughs> B, it's not a new power, it's a side effect, and it's not a good thing. Or did he say C, Haley Joel Osmond? Um. So it's either B, which is the only one that makes sense and is also correct. B. B is correct. Yeah. $25. Hey, good job. You're killing it. Sir. You're killing it. Congratulations. All right. I love that. Uh, what I like about that is that he clearly studied my work like a, you know, he was going to PhD so, in it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Amazing. You can't just skate through that. Quiz, well, listen, so. yeah. you're only here for a limited amount of time. You want to read as many Charles Soul things as you possibly can. That's, yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. We're all going to die someday. Yeah. You, know, you got to fill it with amazing things. <laughs> hey. exactly. uh, Pete, what, what is the connection between Robert Duvall and Haley Joel Osmond? Secondhand Lions, that is correct. Secondhand Lions? Amazing movie. Okay, hold on a second. more than once. You Maybe were, way too many times. You, why are you watching? I, good credit to you, sir. Yeah, he's knowing. good. You know, uh, he you know what's funny, too, it. is we, I actually tried to get Robert Duvall for the Oracle year, and we couldn't afford him. Uh, yeah. like, <laughs> it, it wasn't even the money. It was like all the weird, creepy side demands he had. He had a lot of weird writers. Yeah, his yeah, writers. Yeah. Yeah. Weird He's writers. a big deal. He's a big he deal. He pops into the show every now and again. Yeah. Great. That hot secondhand Lions reference. It's a great movie. We're going to hit cool. all the uh, uh, late 60s Well, I'll tell you features. what. Forget about secondhand Lions. There's first-run comics coming to your local shop tomorrow. Oh! We recommend you go to That's Midtown Comics stuff. because of thank you. Uh, because <laughs> they've been nice enough to sponsor the show. This is why we give you the extra time at the end of the show. Yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Uh, Pete, what are you looking forward to? It's weird that you're here, but I was going to say it anyway. Curse words number 19. Oh, Can't wait. Nice. Uh, also, a bitter root number th- uh, bitter root number three. Sanford Green is just fantastic. And, of course, Murder Falcon number four. Nice. Yes. Great. Really let that sit with everybody. Justin, what about you? I'm looking forward to uh, Die Number Two from Image Comics. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, it's real good. Center. Kieran Gillen. Kieran yeah. Gillen, a uh, book about uh, sort of a dungeon and dra- a group of kids that play Dungeons and Dragons and they get drawn into the fantasy world and it's fucked up. It's dangerous to it's play Dungeons and Dragons. It's a bad place. We flash forward to when they're adults, uh, someone got left behind and they get sucked back in. Yeah. Spoilers. As Charles mentioned, we have a stack podcast that goes up every Wednesday at 9 a.m. in the same podcast feed as Comic Book Club Live. We'll be reviewing Die, Young Justice, Captain Marvel, and a bunch of other titles there, so you can definitely yep. check that it's out. It's a great place to listen if you're a writer looking to fe- find something that people hate. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, I'm looking forward to Venom, Venom Unleashed is coming out tomorrow. They've had a bunch of one-shots that have been fleshing out the Venom run. I know, I'm, I'm my 2019, already very weird. Uh, but it's by Ryan Stegman, and uh, Venom currently is a dog, and it follows Venom as a dog as he wanders around town. Very into that. Makes sense. Wow. I like it. It's a very Zalbin twist at the end there. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Charles, plug your stuff. What should people check out? Uh, well, Curse Words 19, as you mentioned, is out tomorrow, which is a uh, fabulous issue with a extraordinarily awkward moment between a koala and a handsome young Australian man. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's all going down. And, and, oh, uh, that's great. Yeah, God, it's so, it makes me so sad, but it's so good, <laughs> but it's so good. So that, uh, die number two, I'm excited for. Um, and just, you know, comics, man. I love comics. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. We do, too. Uh, we do, and if you want to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we have a bunch of other podcasts you can check out. Uh, we have our Riverdale podcast, which will start up again next week with the show. Also, we're going to be kicking off a Deadly Class podcast for the new show on yeah. sci-fi. Uh, so that should be posting sometime next week, whenever I get around to uh, putting it together. We'll see what oh, happens. Great. What a life he has. Uh, <laughs> I'm just chilling out and making podcasts, yeah, So dude. busy. Can't even have Living the life. Just press one little button. <laughs> That's not how it works. Okay. Uh, what do you guys want to plug, Pete? 
Uh, friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at Comic Book Club at live.com for this podcast and many more. Uh, also, we are live here every single week and totally free, so please tell your friends please. about it. Please, please, please. A uh, couple of people we want to thank before we go. We want to thank Charles for being on the yeah. show. Thanks so much for having me. See you next week. Boot Prime. Prime. But most of all, we want to thank you guys. We're every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Totally free. Good night. Thanks for coming, guys. We really appreciate it. Just amazing.